Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Proudly serving community since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official or it's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Coming up on today's show of Locked On Sooners, we are getting you ready for the Oklahoma Sooners and the Kansas Jayhawks coming up on Saturday at 11 o'clock. We're also going to talk to you about some keys to the game. and I'll give you my prediction and maybe some bold predictions about how this game is going to work out on today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And you can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And let's get ready for Oklahoma and the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, this is a mismatch of epic proportions. Kansas is a massive underdog. Currently over at Bet Online, a minus 38 and a half. Uh, Oklahoma is the favorite there, obviously. And the over-under sitting there at 63 and a half, I believe. It's it's just a, a bad mismatch. The Oklahoma Sooners, they've won 16 straight over the Jayhawks. Uh, last year they won 62 to 9 in Norman uh, in the Les Miles era. And it's it's never too soon to say goodbye to Les Miles. Adios, less miles, but it's a new era for Kansas. They got Lance Lippold. He was the head coach at Buffalo just last year. I took over at a weird time. You know, I think he took over late in the spring. And so, you know, it, he's, he's kind of, he was playing catch up for a lot of the summer as they got the season started, but this is a Kansas team that I feel like is really improved. Not, I mean, they're obviously not improved in the record department because they've only got the one win over FCS South Dakota, but they're hanging in more games uh, against Baylor. They held Baylor to 14 points in the first half. It was a 14-7 game at halftime. Now, that's shocking, right? Against Coastal Carolina, they had that game within six points in the third quarter before Coastal Carolina pulled away against Duke. Now, Duke's not a very good football team, but they were ahead of Duke at one point in time in that game before Duke ran off with it. And that's just kind of the way the, the season has gone for Kansas. Now, against Iowa State, against Texas Tech, things did not go as well. Uh, against Iowa State, they couldn't score until the third quarter. Against Tech, they didn't score until the fourth quarter. Um, but by the time the third quarter came around and were the fourth in either of those games, the game was pretty much already done. But it's a team that's shown some life. It's a team that is on the right track. They've got a, a good head coach now not a head coach that was good 10, 15 years ago, not a head coach that, um, you know, had minimal success somewhere, but Lance Leopold is a really good head coach. And I think given time, he might make something respectable out of the Kansas Jayhawks. Now that time won't be this, this Saturday and that time won't be this year, but they're going to be a better team down the road. I, I think, and I think that's what, you know, a, a school like Kansas needs is they need to be willing to give somebody time. 
because it's going to take time. They're not, nobody's going to be able to rebuild that program in three years, four years, five years. They need somebody who's willing to be there that is good at their job and willing to commit to a long period of time. And they got to give them time to do that because they're not going to be able to create a culture and, and affect change there in just a short contract. It's just not going to happen because what has Kansas been for now more than a decade since the Mark Mangino days, they've been bad. And it takes a lot longer to reverse that history than it does to create that history. And so, you know, I've, I've liked what I've seen from, from Kansas, at least the fight that they're putting up. Now you look at them statistically and they're just still not very good. I mean, they rank outside the top 100 in, in pretty much every category, you know, whether it's total offense or passing yards or rushing yards, you know, their offense is just not good. Uh, some of it is just they don't have the talent to be able to compete with other teams or to be able to be effective and efficient enough offensively. You know, they've only thrown for 172 yards per game. Like, how do you do that in modern college football? You know, they've, they've allowed 484 yards a game. They're only scoring 16.7 points per game. And their total offense is 320 yards per game, 321 yards per game, which ranks 116th in the nation. And so, I mean, the Kansas Jayhawks, they're just not, I mean, they're not a good football team. They're getting better. They're making incremental improvements, but it's a team that's still got a long way to go. And they're running into an Oklahoma team that is about as hot as anybody right now. I mean, what Oklahoma has done the last couple of weeks against Texas and against TCU is phenomenal. Scored 107 points in those two games combined outscoring their opponents by like 60 over the last six quarters of football play of play football play. That sounded like a, a John Madden quote. Oh, that was a good football play there. That was a terrible John Madden impersonation. So we won't do that again. Um, but you know, this is just, it's a mismatch and that's as plain and simple as I can make it. You know, if there's an area where Kansas has a chance, it's if they're able to get some big plays, you know, they've got a couple of playmakers that, you know, can make some guys miss. There are a couple of guys that are doing, are playing fairly well for them. It's just, they don't throw it very much. You know, Kwame Lasser, the second, he's got, you know, 21 catches for 246 yards. His average depth of, tar- of target is 10.5 yards. Um, and he's got a passer rating when targeted of, of 102.4. You know, that's pretty solid. Trevor Wilson, he's averaging 14 yards per reception. yards after the catch for reception. Not bad. You know, this is, these are guys that, you know, they're getting passes from a quarterback who's only completing 55% of his passes. So, you know, that's not great. Uh, You know, it's not like he's a very accurate passer. And so, but if they're able to make some big plays in the passing game and, and get his confidence going, that could, that could be trouble. That could make things a little bit more difficult for the Sooners than they expect him to be. Um, but I, you know, we'll talk about keys to the game here in a second, but you know, this is, you know, you look back on, on Kansas's history and the last time that they beat Oklahoma was 1997. I was a sophomore in high school. Bill Clinton was the president of the United States. Uh, you know, I think internet was still kind of coming around, but we didn't have, I don't even know if we were like up on AOL yet and doing instant messenger on AOL yet. That was a long time ago. What's interesting about that 1997 win, it was the last of a three-game winning streak that Kansas had over Oklahoma from 95 to 97. 
Now Oklahoma's won 16 straight since. Even during the the great Mark Mangino days that the Jayhawks enjoyed, they still weren't able to beat Oklahoma. And so I don't see any reason why Oklahoma won't walk through this game. Uh, It's going to be a matter of how quickly do they finish off their opponent and allow some of their younger guys to, uh, to step in and get some playing time. But we'll talk about some keys to the game coming up next. In the third segment, I'll give you my prediction for the game, maybe some bold predictions as well. Uh, but let me talk to you about our friends over at McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food for my family. It's one of our favorite road trip meals. My wife and I, we love the quarter pounder with cheese. She gets it without the onions. I love the onions, the way that the onions, the pickles, the ketchup, the mustard all combine together with that cheese. Ooh, it's fantastic. I, and I love cheeseburgers. Don't like, don't get me wrong. Like it, it, I'm, I'm a big fan of cheeseburgers and that's one of my favorite ones to get, especially with those French fries. I think back to when I was a kid and we were driving down um, the street in Victorville, California, and I'm in the back seat, mom's driving, dad's in the passenger. And I just yell, stop. And my parents look back like, what, what, what? And I point over and I say, McDonald's. And, and just because I wanted some French fries, you know, that was back in the 1980s. Yes, I'm that old. Don't don't do the math. Just enjoy the fact that we all love McDonald's French fries. But that's what McDonald's has been like. It's, you know, in college, it was my go to meal a lot of times because I could get two double cheeseburgers for two dollars or two McChickens for two dollars back then. Or one time I went and did the crazy thing and I got two triple cheeseburgers for three dollars and you know, had a little bit of heartburn, but it was so worth it. It was because it was so tasty, but that was my go-to meal. A lot of times at lunchtime, because I get that great dollar menu value that. So head to your local McDonald's refuel, reconnect, get you some great tasting food. I'm loving it. Hey, again, thank you so much for making locked on soon as your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now let's talk about some keys of the games. Let's first talk on the offensive side of the football. For me, this is one of those situations. They just got to keep attacking, attack, attack, attack. Don't play conservative football just because Kansas is not a good football team. Play, play your game, attack down the field, get the, keep the deep passing game going, which has been working really well. Even when it wasn't connecting last week against TCU, you're still drawing penalties. And so keep attacking, keep showing, keep showing on film that you're going to get the ball down to field, down the field to your playmakers because that also helps to open up so much underneath. Keep running the read option game, the play action game, because every time you do that, it gives the defense, the defensive coordinators, defensive coordinators down the road, gives them more to think about when Caleb Williams is behind center taking a snap and they're trying to figure out how to stop this offense. The more that they have to think about, which they'll have to think about it a lot with Caleb Williams under center or behind center. Sorry. That's one thing I discovered this week is that we don't say under center very much anymore because almost every snap is taken from shotgun. And so it's a behind center quite a bit, but keep playing your offense. Like don't slow it down. Don't get conservative. Don't hold things back just because it's Kansas and go play your game, get aggressive, be controlled, but be aggressive, like controlled aggression. Don't get sloppy. Because as soon as you get sloppy, that's when you give a team an opportunity to hang around. And by golly, you do not want Kansas to hang around. This is not a team that you want to be like fending off in the first or second quarter or third quarter and letting them, you know, think they have a chance in this game. You want to put them away early and be done. You know, I think one of the big keys is like getting through the game healthy, 
but also making sure you get a lot of your young guys experience, especially on offense, you know, like I, I think getting Marcus major in the game is going to be important. Got to help him knock some rust off. I mean, he hadn't played in a game much this year, obviously. And so you want to get him some carries. You want to get him in there with the first team offensive line, get him some carries, let him go to work, let him get, you know, get physical, let him take a hit, let him see, remember what college football is like and, and get that rust knocked off. You know, I think you want to get Mario Williams involved quite a bit. This is a great game to really open things up for him. You know, don't just utilize him in the, in the, the bubble screen game or the short to intermediate passing game, get him down the field and see if he can make you some plays again, not just for this game, but for future games too. If this is something that opposing quarter uh, offensive court or defensive coordinators need to think about is Mario Williams getting down the field on you. Show it up, show it on tape. Right now it's Marvin Mims and Michael Woods. If you show them that Mario Williams is someone they have to worry about down the field too. Again, that just gives them one more thing to have to think about. And it gives you Lincoln Riley, gives you more options in your offense. If you got three guys, you know, Jaden Hazelwood, he's a, he's, he can win downfield, but he's better in the kind of the short to intermediate game or kind of running that against cover two on the sideline where he can win some jump balls, more of a red zone threat. Mario Williams gives you some deep playability. We saw it in spring game. We saw it in practices. We've saw we've seen it at times this year, but a lot of times he's been utilized more in the bubble screen game. So get him down the field, use him a lot on defense. Uh, again, it's attack. Like, one way to mitigate the losses that you've suffered on at the defensive back position at cornerback at safety with Woody Washington and Delano Turner Yell being out. Uh, Jeremiah Cradell has been missing as, at times as well. DJ Graham suffered. A, I think they suffered. He suffered a concussion maybe last week and, and missed some time. One way to mitigate some of those injuries and the lack of production at cornerback is to blitz, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and force him to make a throw as opposed to letting him sit there, let the wide receivers get into their routes and have time to get open. If you make him make a quick decision, it gives your, your quarterbacks, you know, they can make a quick decision too, and they can operate more out of instinct as opposed to having to chase wide receivers around. They've got athleticism like Billy Bowman. He's an athlete. That's part of the reason they moved him from wide receiver to corner because he's got the athleticism to play slot corner. Use him on, on the slot blitz. Get him involved. We've seen Trey Brown be so effective coming out of the slot on the blitz. Use Billy Bowman in that way too. Use that athleticism to, to work him around the edge and, and make life difficult for, for Jason Bean. You got to control Bean's uh, scrambling ability. That's going to be a key in this game. We've seen the Oklahoma Sooners struggle with it at times. Uh, you know, Michael Pratt against Tulane or with Tulane where they had a, a bit of a difficulty. Adrian Martinez made everybody makes everybody look foolish in the scramble game. But Jason Bean, I mean, he's not a great runner. He's not a great quarterback, but he can make some plays on you if you're not careful. Uh, I think this is a game, another offensive key. I think this is a game where you want to get Eric Gray going as well. Uh, you know, he's had some moments, but he hasn't been the consistent explosive playmaker that we thought he was going to be coming into this year. So I think you want to get him going. I think you want to make sure you get the ball in his hands, you know, 15 to 20 times, regardless of the game script. You know, I think Kennedy Brooks is going to have a big game, but how much do you want to use him if you're planning on having to use him a lot down the stretch? This could be a great game for an Eric Gray and Marcus Major to really get some get some touches and get some looks um, and just get more comfortable in the offense, you know? I think one of the things that Eric Gray is struggling with is a little bit of patience in his, in his runs. Um, you know, sometimes maybe they're not, the blocks aren't developing as well as they should before he gets, gets going downhill. Uh, 
Uh, I want to see them use him more in the screen game, more in the passing game, you know, not just in the screen game, but working him down the field as well. He's a player that can make some plays for you. So I'd like to see them use him a little bit more in that, in that realm. And then it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they handle the quarterbacks. You know, if Oklahoma is able to get out to a big lead against Kansas, does that mean that Spencer Rattler comes in and, and takes up some of the mop-up duty? Do we see some Micah Bowens? Is it Ralph Rucker? Is he going to get some snaps uh, behind Spencer Rattler? It'll be interesting to see how they, how Lincoln Riley handles the quarterback position here. You know, Trayvon West, I think, at wide receiver, he needs more snaps. He's played really, really well. Uh, on defense, you got to get guys like you know Ethan Downs and Danny Stutzman. You got to get them quite a bit of snaps in this game. Latrell McCutcheon, I mean, if he's not if he's not starting, he needs to play a lot because he's one of your best corners. He he competes. You know, he plays hard. Uh, I'd like to see them get him more time on the field. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll talk about it next. I'll give you my prediction coming up next. But this is a team that it's ready to to make a, make a statement and poor Kansas Jayhawks. They're the team that's going to, going to take that statement uh, from the Sooners. Uh, but like I said, coming up next, I'll give you my predictions. I'll give you some bold predictions as we head into this game. Uh, but let me, first, let me talk to you about bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest place to bet on all your sports ever back and better than ever. You got a new website for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile, mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code Locked On to get your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. I also want to talk to you about our friends who make the best tasting protein bar ever over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar but it does not taste like one. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy, just played hard to eat and choke down. Bill Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. We've been talking to you about it for a year now, but it's a great experience. I always have a Bill Bar with me for breakfast when I go to work, whether it's in the morning or a snack in the afternoon, Built Bar is where I go for my low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein, protein bar. All the healthy benefits on top of just eating purely delicious protein bars. There's so many flavors. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but they got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. You can't go wrong with any of them. If you like the fruit flavors, they're fantastic. If you're not a big fan of the fruit, they got great flavors for you as well with the coconut almond. That's one of my other favorite ones. So go to built.com, use promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your next order. If you go to built.com and use promo code locked 15. All right. Now, before I get to my prediction for this game, let me give you a few bold predictions. So first of all, and I wrote this over at Sooners Wire at usadata.com. So I figured it'd be fun to share with you as well. But I think two running backs are going to cross the century mark this week. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, they allow more than 249 yards rushing per game in 2021. Um, I feel like Oklahoma could probably get to that number in the first half alone if they just straight ran the ball. Uh, 
I think with, you know, Caleb Williams running ability, I think they'll get close to 300 yards rushing. But I think in this one, we're going to get two running backs that go over hundred yards. Now I'm assuming one of those is going to be Kennedy Brooks, but maybe he doesn't get enough run to actually do that. What if it's Eric Gray and Marcus major, but I think two running backs are going to go over hundred. I also think Caleb Williams is going to get four total TDs again, like he did, like he's averaged each of the past two weeks. He's got eight, two, eight total TDs. Um, against Texas and TCU. I think he gets four more this week uh, against Kansas. I think they'll all come in the first half. I think by the second half, he is either handing the ball off every play or he's done for the day. I think Billy Bowman's going to have a bounce back game in this one, right? I think this is the game that we see the Billy Bowman athletic experience firsthand via a pick six. And, you know, Jason Bean's only thrown four interceptions this year and five touchdowns. But I think this is going to be the year where he uh, or the week that he throws number five and it's going to go for six for the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, I think Ethan Downs, you know, he's going to get his first sack. You know, he had a fumble, a forced fumble uh, earlier in the season on a scramble run uh, by Catamount's quarterback, Carlos Davis. But I think this week he gets a sack and he's going to kind of break, break the ice on that one. He's, he's been getting close, man. He's got seven pressures on the season. He's not playing a ton, but he's getting opportunities to get after the quarterback. Uh, I think that Mario Williams is going to be the next sooner to have a multi-touchdown game. Two weeks ago, it was Marvin Mims against Texas. Last week, Jaden Hazelwood had the three-touchdown game against TCU. But this week, I think it's Mario Williams that has the, the multi-touchdown game. Um, and then I think the Oklahoma defense is going to bounce back in a big way. Uh, and I, you know, we talked about, I talked about it earlier that against Iowa State, they scored, they didn't score until the third quarter against Texas Tech, they didn't score until the fourth quarter. And I think Oklahoma is going to continue that and not allow the, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks to score until the fourth quarter in this game. I think Oklahoma is ready to show that they're the, the defense that many thought they were going to be in. And yes, Kansas is not the, the strongest offensive opposition, but they should be able to dominate this game. The Oklahoma Sooners should. And I, and I think that they will. And then you got Danny Stutzman. I think Danny Stutzman is going to lead the team in tackles. Um, he's averaging about a tackle every, or he averaged about a tackle every four or every five snaps last week against uh, uh, TCU. He had four tackles and 20 snaps. So I think this is going to be a game where he gets a lot of snaps because they're going to be able to pull starters early. And I think this is going to be the time to where you really throw him out there and give him an opportunity to continue to grow his game at the collegiate level. But I think that also means that he's going to lead the team in tackles on Saturday against Kansas. And then for my prediction, obviously we've been talking about it for the last 20 minutes or so, but I really think that Oklahoma is going to run away with this one. I got him going 63 to 10. Again, I think Kansas will kick a field goal at some point in the fourth quarter, and then they'll get a late kind of garbage time touchdown uh, against the Sooners. Um, backups, backups, but this is, I mean, this is one of those situations where, you know, Kansas is completely outmatched. Oklahoma is going to beat them just a matter of by how many, and I think Oklahoma scores nine touchdowns in this one and just runs away with it. The Caleb Williams experience, Caleb Williams experience has been nothing but greatness, uh, in his first, you know, six quarters for the Sooners. And I don't see any reason why that's going to slow down again against Kansas. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. When you get the time, make sure you listen to the Locked On Big 12 podcast with our guy, Josh Neighbors. And uh, 
Make sure you check out our weekly roundtable with the Locked On Pokes, Locked On Horned Frogs, and Locked On Big 12 podcast that we do every week. We cover the big topics in the Big 12 as well as college football. Uh, so go make sure you check that out. But until Monday where we get to talk about what should be an Oklahoma Sooners win, look forward to doing that with you. Thank you so much again for listening. My name is John Williams. Follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. So until Monday, enjoy the game. Stay safe. Enjoy your time with family and friends. If you're working, hope your work days go great and you are blessed. Boomer, sooner.